0: You hear that? That's the sound of cold, hard cash. Our guest today represents a brand that helped me and might help you make a little more. So come learn about it here on Authentic Avenue. Allies. Webster's defines the word as a helper who provides ongoing assistance and support. And whether it's saving for a house or investing in your future, this North American financial institution knows how to be, well, your ally on your financial path. Meet Andrea Brimmer. She launched Ally right in the middle of the 08 crisis. She describes herself as born in purpose. She's also a NASCAR fan and sponsor, which I personally love. And today, we talk about financial tracks, the racetrack, and everything in between. So sit back and tune in as I get real with Ally and Andrea Brimmer. Andrea, thank you so much for joining the show today. It's a real treat to talk to you. How are you?
1: I'm doing great, Adam. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate the uh, offer to join. It's going to be fun.
0: I think so too. Uh, listeners, just so I can disclaim this and get out of this out of the way at the very beginning, uh, my I, I was a, an Ally customer before it was even part of Ally via a subsidiary that got brought in. It's the first time I tried even investing, tried getting my toes wet in that area. And also, I happen to be a massive NASCAR fan. Ally also a large sponsor of the sport. So for those two parts of my life, which you have impacted without even knowing it directly, <laughs> thanks. Let me start off with that.
1: Uh, hopefully, you've made some money on Ally Invest, so uh, so you're actually happy with me and not unhappy with me today, Adam.
0: <laughs> well, hey, that's 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 the idea, isn't it? Grow together, and um, so that's what that's what we've been able to do. And I want to learn more from you today about how you have have grown similarly and grown the brand, but there's there's a couple of things within that that I'd like to tackle. Uh, so we're going to talk a lot about purpose today. We're going to talk a lot about pandemic uh, marketing, and we're going to talk a little bit about the way that you bring uh, consumers' stories to the forefront. But the first thing that I have to ask is your tenure at Ally as CMO has blown the typical tenure out of the water. They must love you, but what is it about Ally that drew you in, and what is it about them that that keeps you coming back every day and excited to lead that brand forward?
1: Well, you know, um, I spent twenty years on the agency side before I came over to what was then GMAC, and um, it was a it was a really unbelievable opportunity for me to come to a company that had been around for ninety years um, in GMAC and get this chance to rebrand to a whole new company. And, you know, my first assignment was rebrand the company, help create the culture, help, you know, deploy the the rebranding throughout the organization, um, you know, create something that had never been done before, which was a digital financial services company. And so for me, it was a once in a lifetime opportunity as a marketer. I didn't come in as CMO. There was an existing CMO. And, um, you know, eventually I, I took over the, the CMO role about almost six years ago now. And I've been with the company for thirteen years, you know, like you said, I've been in the c m o chair for for the last six, and there are so many things about the company that I love. I mean, first of all, it's just amazing people, and it's family it It really is my my best friend's the chief human resources officer she she was ordained and married my husband and i. I mean, if that just speaks to the kind of family um that you have surrounding you at Ally. The culture is absolutely amazing. We have an incredible ceo um, j b Jeff Brown, who's our CEO, who has just driven a really strong culture throughout the organization. And I think that we we love the purpose, and that's what I love as a marketer. it It's a brand that has an incredible meaning in people's lives because we're helping manage their money. And if you think about the three most important things in your life, you know your health, your family, and your money, um, and not in terms of materialistically what it can help you buy, but what it can help you empower your, you to do in, in your life, um, that's a really cool thing to be a part of. And I love the fact that I'm getting up every day and I'm doing something that matters to people and not selling something that they don't really need.
0: Right, totally. That story that you just told, by the way, thank you for that. I want to get into the the purpose side. And I tend to ask about purpose a little later in these conversations, but I'll pull it up forward. If I can, so let, let me hone in on that word for a second. I normally ask folks how they've invested in being purpose-driven as a brand. You've obviously done a ton of this, but I know that you were actually born in the purpose. I want to know what you mean by that. And I want to know how that has become even more pervasive today, because we are subject to a number of concurrent contexts for which purpose has the utmost importance as a matter of fact i would think that consumers view brands who are not leaning into it right now as misguided what are they doing well obviously you are doing something so i want to know all about it straight from the top straight from you
1: yeah i mean the thing i love about the brand is we didn't have to um you know when purpose became more what I'll call central to consumer decision making. We weren't the kind of brand that had to step back and say, oh no, we've got to create a purpose because everybody wants to do business with a brand that had purpose. You know, There's incredible authenticity in our purpose because we were born out of a massive consumer need that was a huge void in this category. And that in and of itself became our purpose. And that was customer centricity. If you think about when Ally launched, You know, we launched in the in the midst of the last financial crisis back in 2007, 2008 time frame. It was the worst financial crisis since the Great Depression. Um, You know, let's hope that what we're going through right now doesn't get anywhere near that. Um, But people were people were scared. People loathed the financial services category. Um, People had really resigned to apathy because they didn't really feel like there was anything that they could do about the way that they were getting treated by their bank and what was happening in the whole financial world and we stepped back and said okay we're, the world doesn't need another bank right now but it needs a better bank and a lot of people asked us like why are you launching a bank in the middle of this crisis and and that was our answer we felt like there was this opportunity to solve for customer pain points in a way that had never been done before. And, you know, it, this is a moment, one of those moments in business, you know, you'll, you'll never forget, Adam. We sat in a room, there was a small handful of us, I wanna say, you know, maybe six to 10 of us. And we didn't think like bankers, we didn't think like marketers, we said, let's think like people, like consumers. What's everything that you hate about banking? And let's try and, let's try and solve for those pain points. And it was everything from why do banks use confusing jargon and lingo so that I don't understand what they're talking about to why can't I have 24 by 7 service to why do I have to pay fees, especially things like ATM fees and exorbitant overdraft fees and, um, you know, fees for everything that I do with a bank. And so we had a clean slate and we were able to launch something that was very differentiated, all digital no brick and mortar, which was a pretty big bet at the time because we launched the same year that the smartphone launched. And we had to take this huge bet that people would be comfortable sending their money to the internet and banking in the palm of their hand. And we solved for all those pain points. And we became this brand that was centrally focused on the consumer. And that became our purpose. And it drives us still today. We are relentless about it and while a lot of other people are talking about customer centricity you know i think a lot of talk is cheap and it's the it's the deeds not words and i think we've demonstrated for 12 years now that that is central to everything that we think about and everything that we do
0: yeah being uh, mindful of those pain points and i mean that that's got to be at least i would guess initially a daunting process especially in the midst of when you all made those decisions but also i guess rather exciting to sit around and Gosh, if you really do think as consumers, m- my guess is that that list started as a trickle and then really started, the floodgates probably opened and we're like, oh God, you know, and it, it became a, it became a sort of like commiseration fest for a little while, but then then you turn around and well, you know, we're, we're, we're primed to actually tackle all of this. That's, that's quite exciting. And as it relates to becoming customer centric, um, you know, we, we people have experienced that all over the place. I've experienced that and that's great. I'll get into the stories and how you leverage that in a second. But let me stick with those consumers first, because the other concurrent context that we're dealing with, not just uh, things for which purpose becomes important, and I'll, and I'll circle back to that later, things like injustices and things like that. But we got a pandemic going on, and it's been going on for the majority of this year, and, and who knows how long it'll be, it'll be going for. I read, as part of another conversation that you were having, you've described marketing, especially right now, as a way which is responding to the stages of grief. So uh, folks might be familiar with what those are, but the way that brands reacted and uh, progressed their messaging, at least in your perspective, mirrored that. Well, now brands are, whether it's for the better or not, uh, because this pandemic is not over, moving back towards quote-unquote normalcy, and I know that's another big word. Um, uh, Can I stick with the pandemic thing for a second? Because... There are, similar to the way that people affected by it, have developed antibodies. What are the ways in which brands have developed marketing antibodies this year? That is to say, what are some new table stakes, which you just assume consumers will expect of you going forward because of what they've seen in a time of stress?
1: Yeah. I mean, look, it has been an unpredictable year. And there's no playbook for how you maneuver through this year. And um, as marketers, it's been exceptionally challenging and it will remain exceptionally challenging. You know, there's so much uncertainty around uh, you know, the upfronts and production of of programming and you know, the economy when people are going to go back to work. And so, you know, we've had to, Make a lot of adjustments to original plans, and in many ways, for us included at Ally, we kind of had to blow up most of what we were planning to do, and and you know get a new footing and decide how to approach the year. Um, I think there were a couple of things that were you know lessons, or I love your word antibodies that that came to the forefront for us, which first and foremost started with big brand acts. And I think consumers expect brands now to to act, to do something, not to just say things. And you saw a number of brands, ours included, come to the forefront with big brand acts. You know, for us, we we very quickly introduced um, the most comprehensive um, forbearance package in the industry, and we suppressed all auto payments, all mortgage payments. For four months, we waived literally every fee um, at Ally Bank. So if you were, if you called and said, I lost my debit card, I need a new one overnighted, we overnighted it to you for free. We didn't charge you for overnighting. Um, If you needed new checks, we did that for free. Um, We, as the stimulus checks came out, we went through, we proactively went through all of our customer accounts and identified everybody that had a negative balance with us that was going to receive a stimulus check. And instead of taking the negative balance out of their stimulus check, we made them whole in their account. We actually put money in their account to make them whole to in, to not only wipe out their negative balance, but then to ensure that they would get the totality of their stimulus check. So, right, big brand act. And you saw a lot of other brands do that. A lot of the automotive brands that, um, you know, uh, gave 90-day no payments or, you know, some of the things that brands like Ford have done with the, if you lose your job, our Ford promises to take the vehicle back. Number of brands did those kinds of things. So I think that was a huge antibody. I think the second big thing is, um, I think we've all learned a whole new muscle around speed and flexibility and things that typically would have taken us either months to get through, you know, approvals and governances and make decisions on and then go into production on. We're now doing in days or weeks at the most. And I think you hear a lot of people talk about how they've just found new ways to work. And I'm hopeful that that's going to be something that's going to persist. We've finally learned to you know, live at the center of culture and to move with the speed and the pace that needs to be done to be able to actually do that. And then I think the third antibody, and I've heard this, especially at LA a lot, I think teams have come together and are closer than ever before. And there's something in this spirit, this human spirit of we're all in this together. We're all, you know, doing our Zoom meetings from home all day. And you know, in important meetings and your dog barks or your or your kid starts crying or, your, you know, in my case, your college student comes out of the bedroom at two o'clock in the afternoon and asks what's for breakfast in the middle of a board <laughs> presentation. <laughs>
0: that one hits close to home. Yeah.
1: <laughs> right. Um, and we just are all we're all being very kind with one another. And I think teams have come together in, in ways they never have before. And it's it's actually making the work better. I, I just saw the 2020 strategy plan from my team it's the best plan they've ever written. And I was so proud of the team. And, um, you know, I I just think it came out of that spirit of um, kind of let's do great work and we're all in it together and we all have each other's backs. And I think those are just some of the good things that have come out of this, the bright side of what's happening right now.
0: Yeah, there has been such um, a move towards that uh, acceptance of like real life circumstance, you know, and and folks have certainly called it moving to the center of culture. But I what I see it as is is an enhanced sensitivity to the way people are and have to be. It's all kind of nuts, but yet something within that, I don't know if I I don't know if I call it authenticity or not. Maybe I do, but has brought people's raw sort of talent, passion for things, assuming they have it, to the forefront. And it it is important for brands internally to do that. I've certainly heard that. I've, I've had the pleasure of listening to all sorts of people running some of the biggest brands in the world, um, including people focused on teams like Microsoft, including folks doing things like you are in automotive, like Deadwall GM. I, I've heard this before, and I've also heard how it flows into the way things are dealt with when it comes to the end consumer. You've described a couple of them so far on this show. And the, and the next thing I want to ask is, because of that, either because of what you've done or because of the experience that people had with Ally prior to all of this, there are so many stories out there with different ways in which the different things that Ally provides has helped them with one of those three most important pillars of their life as a way of empowering everything else. How do you catch that lightning in a bottle? I mean, how do you find, either find those stories or encourage those stories to be told? Because whether it's related to a product that you offer or a cause that you support or otherwise, I mean, that that is like, that's stripping away all artifice. That is, Adam got his first brokerage account through something which is now part of the Ally family. That allowed him to learn more about the market. Separately, he is a big fan of a sport that had a lot of stigma for a long time. And we have also stood by that sport. Like, he has a story to tell. How do you capture that sort of story and amplify it outward? I'm curious.
1: You know it's it's interesting Adam we've been we've been lucky because um we have always had highly vocal brand advocates for customers and what we've found particularly in social media is that if you if we have one customer that comes in and and complains about something that we've done we'll have 100 customers jump in and 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 answer um and and you know, kind of defend us, um, which is really, really interesting. Look, we're not perfect. We there are times that we screw up, and I think it's about being honest and apologizing and making things right. And our tagline is "Do it right." And you know, it's more than just a set of words at Ally. It's the way that we, you know, it's our golden rule for us. It's it's the idea. It's the way that we measure everything that we do. And and so, um, we are we really lean into promoting that advocacy. We invite our customers into the conversation. For the entire month of July, we dedicated our social media channels to um, discussing social injustice and taking on big issues that are prevalent in the black communities and things that emanate out of the banking category, like redlining and uh, unavailability of credit and underserved um, banking communities. And we've been, we invited our customers to join us. Let's have real talk about it. Let's have a real conversation about it. And not everybody liked the fact that we were talking about it. We got a number of people that said, you know, why are we talking about this? You're a bank, stay out of politics, which I don't really consider that politics, but I think that's a label commonly used for people when they're uncomfortable talking about, you know, especially social injustice subjects. And, um, you know, we... We promote it. It's just central to who we are. I think the other the other thing is you know we have all kinds of online panels. we We reward customers, invite customers to be part of the process with us, you know, give us early feedback on products. We just launched our our buckets and our boosters if you're an ally bank customer, um, you know, really cool new savings smart savings toolkit that we just launched. and you know we invite customers into the early prototyping. We encourage them to be you know kind of first testers and we'll get a subset of customers to give us feedback um we love platforms like reddit and i think we're a big part of a lot of conversations in reddit we encourage that so i think it's i'm a big fan of this concept called usage brand and usage brands are very different than purchase brands usage brands are are brands that kind of live and die by advocacy and we're definitely one of those brands, and I think it's the nature of, of the beast in terms of the product that we provide. And so we stimulate that conversation; we don't run from it.
0: Yeah, it's and that's clear to see. And and folks, you go look at it yourself. For instance, go to Allies, one of many Twitter accounts where literally everything that I, you could scroll, 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 scroll has been about adjusting inequality, especially racially, like. That is something which is incredibly important, and not not just right now. Um, you know, Black Lives Matter was founded in two thousand thirteen. The problems were going on for a long, long, long time before that. But it's brands like Ally who I think are doing part of this right, and it's especially from a usage brand point of view, advocacy advocacy is 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 super important. Um, that that was going to be one of the nature of my next questions, um, which was around you know how do you lean and invest in being purpose driven uh with regard to these specific issues but you sort of just you sort of just talked about it and maybe something that i'll ask is that do you think that that may be i don't want to go back to the antibody thing maybe it is but do you think that it will be something which consumers will assume of brands whether they are purchase brands or usage brands to to have a voice on regardless again i go back to this thinking of some some brands and most brands have said something at this point but at least at the beginning some brands like did not say Anything, and I think we're kind of flamed as a result. Going forward now, pandemic aside, you know, is that something that you think every brand will have to have a position on?
1: Yeah, I, I look. I believe that um, there were. I do think one of the the good byproducts of everything that's happened here is that people have become comfortable having real conversations and um and that is what this is about having real conversations and taking on real issues and i think every brand you know in every category has a responsibility to, to help make change you know in the financial services category in particular you know that that's a dicey proposition for a lot of brands and um there were a number of banking brands that didn't do anything and didn't want to talk about the subject of social injustice whatsoever because they have a large you know demographic or con- or constituency within their portfolio that probably would have had a negative reaction to it uh, again this circles back to the purpose conversation when you have a strong purpose and you have a shared set of cultural values mm-hmm. for us you know, diversity and inclusion is just part of our ethos. It's part of our shared corporate culture. Then it make, it's a very easy decision to be able to do things like participate in Blackout Tuesday, to dedicate your social media channels to, um, you know, an entire month of talking about social injustice and talking about, And I mean, if you look at our social, we talked about the issue and then we said, here's what we're going to do about it. Not just you know put the dead rat on the table and say oh here's the problem good luck everybody fixing it but actually saying here's what ally is going to do within the construct of what we think we can fix you know we also hosted a series of internal conversations we had over 4,000 ally employees participate in sessions that we called um let's just talk about it and you know you could sign up for a session and people got on for an hour and just talked about how they were feeling talked about how heavy the situation was particularly right after george floyd was was um, was killed and you know i I think if you create a spirit of in a culture of safety to to have those conversations and um and you you show that in terms of your deeds and not your words that it becomes just central to who you are and what you're about and Millennials and Gen Z now more than ever before are just plain not going to do business with brands that don't take on issues that are shared and that are at the cent at the center of what it is that's important to them and so I do think it's table stakes for brands, not just this issue but you know many issues. but my caveat is that I do think brands should not take on issues that don't have anything to to do with their category so you know, you can't adopt a purpose that has nothing to do with something that you can then actually solve for. You know, I, I always use this famous example, like I want to save the whales. But if I like, came out and said, we're going to do a big campaign to save the whales, it seems extraneous because it literally has nothing to do with the category that we're in. But if we come out and say we're going to we're going to be central to the fight around, you know, uh, creating products for underserved uh, communities especially around people of color in the banking category that is central to what we do and so i think that's the that's the pivot point that brands have to really think about as they take on big issues especially with social injustice
0: exactly you you need to sort of have or perhaps earn the right to to not play but to participate there it's similar to the way in which i'm sure consumers view recommendations to do anything with regard to a brand they'd rather hear it from a familiar source than necessarily from a brand on high. Similarly, if they are to hear from a brand at all, they would prefer that brand to have history in contributing to something before sort of having that loud voice as opposed to just, oh, here we are now. The dead rat was a good analogy. Uh, I was like, hey, there, there it is. And we are we are ally and we are behind it. You know what I mean? Like that's, so it's never going to resonate with people. Um, and it's on that note because you do know what resonates with people and you are practicing it every day. That I, that I gotta ask some advice about how to do that, about how to approach this topic and this large overhanging A word, authenticity. No matter how you define it, perhaps there is some advice to be given either based in a, in a story from your tenure at Ally, from advice that you got from a mentor, from even a mistake that you made or a pitfall that you avoided, about how to become more authentic as a brand in marketing, in messaging. And our listeners are hungry for that. They're brand builders themselves. They probably emulate your path. And so I'm curious, as we round out today, what advice you might have for us to take away?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I think, um, I think especially as marketers, for me, I, I learned early on, particularly in my agency days, that when people become too precious, when they become too full of themselves, when they become too impressed with their own you know, resume or list of awards, they become very out of touch, not only with their team, they become very out of touch with the consumer, they become very out of touch with the task that's in front of them. I also think that that when marketers fall into that trap, they also become a little bit, um, you know, self-absorbed in thinking that marketing is is a discipline that um is the sole the sole driver of of the brand and a brand should be a shared equity across a company you know my business partners my hr partners uh you know my the folks that are our, our call center reps that are on the front line with the customer every day, our our account executives are out calling on dealers every single day. That's the brand. And um, I just have the privilege of being able to tell the story of what it is that they're doing. And authenticity comes out of everybody understanding what the brand is about, having a shared set of Kind of key messages uh, marching orders if you will um, and a shared passion around protecting the brand nurturing the brand and using the brand in a good way as a weapon to create differentiation and space i think out of that comes true authenticity and as marketers when you get too far away from that and too insulated from being on the front line you lose your touch with that. So, you know, for me it's about really I don't micromanage, but I really get my hands very dirty especially with the creative product. I go out, I I, I call on dealers all the time with our field organization, you know, in the in, when I when I could travel. <laughs> you know, I'm sitting across the desk. I'm listening in on customer calls. We start every single meeting by reading a letter from a customer. We're constantly, you know, I'm constantly on social media at night. I drive my social team crazy. I'm looking through every single, you know, comment that people are making in social and I'm, I'm pinging my team. Why didn't we answer this? What did we do about this? What happened to this? And I think that's the way I stay close to it. And, and I spend a ton of time with my team, particularly at the lower levels to hear what they're facing every day, to hear how they're thinking about the marketing landscape. And then I think, you know, the agency partners, I do a, a call every other week with our, with the head of Anomaly, uh, our, you know, chief creative officer at Anomaly um, in New York, Seth Jacobs, and we just talk about work that we like that's in the universe and work that we don't like. And, you know, we try and scheme the business and come up with crafty things to do. And I think it's contributed to our disruptor mentality i think it's contributed to the fact that we've created emotion in a category that people are fairly emotionless about people don't get up in the morning and say i can't wait to go to my bank's you know facebook page we've created that kind of resonance where we have become a culturally relevant brand and i think that's what authenticity is all about it's not that hard it's just do the work be in the work and be of the work and when you do those simple things and you remember why you're here, and what you're supposed to be doing, it's very easy to be authentic.
0: Well that was a highly descriptive way of doing it, Uh, and to not just lean into what you like, but to talk to everybody, to get grassroots even internally, not just externally, incredibly important. It gives you that right to participate in in those issues, and in those concerns that people have, and it allows you to ultimately create from the top down marketing, which does speak to that. So I really appreciate your thoughts there and to learn more about everything that you've done at Ally from the stances to the stories. Andrea, thank you so much for being here, telling your story and for coming on the show.
1: Thanks, Adam. I appreciate you having me and hopefully you'll uh, watch the NASCAR race this weekend and cheer, cheer Jimmy on to his first victory this weekend. Got to get that 48 car into victory lane.
0: If you didn't believe me in the interview, go check out Ally's socials. They are still highly committed to championing social causes, even when other brands have cooled off from it. I'll leave links in the show notes, including to a web-based racing game Ally produced that you can play for free. Thanks, Andrea, and thanks to you, the listener, for tuning into this debut episode of Authentic Avenue. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And here's where else I live. Twitter, at Authentic Ave. Instagram, at Authentic Ave Media. And you can also write me directly, adam, at AuthenticAvenueMedia.com. Say hello. Tell me what you think of the show. Recommend a guest, too. This has been your host, Adam Connor, saying, until I get real again with you, thanks for taking a walk with me down Authentic Avenue.